Thank you for tuning in to the Asking God Why podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. This podcast approaches the Bible with the question, Why? Let's look at the Bible to answer life's questions. Here is your host, Jameson Stewart. Hello and welcome back to Asking God Why. In this season, season one, we're going through the book of Matthew, and we are asking kind of the overall question of this season is, why is Jesus the Christ? In today's episode, we're going to be asking the question in Matthew chapter 19 through Matthew chapter 20, why is Jesus's kingdom different? Why is the Lord's kingdom different? Really, and in comparison, comparing it to kingdoms of this world, what makes Jesus' kingdom different? First of all, in Matthew 19, verse 1 through 12, Jesus spends time talking about marriage and marriage and divorce. And really what he's emphasizing there, why is his kingdom different? Because he, as the king, because the king requires covenant faithfulness, because the king requires covenant faithfulness. The Pharisees came to Jesus testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And Jesus answered them and asked them a question. Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh? So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, in answer to your question, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. They said, well, yeah, but what about Moses? Uh, You know, think about, they asked, is it lawful? And they then appeal to to Moses, the lawgiver. Well, why did Moses command them to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? He said, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for, and translations will read many different things here. Some will be for sexual immorality or for immorality. The best translation here, as far as the most accurate, is fornication. Except for fornication and marries another, uh, commits adultery, and whoever marries her who is, is divorced commits adultery. What is Jesus emphasizing here? As we get into the section where we're asking the question, why is Jesus' kingdom different? The first thing he emphasizes is that in his kingdom, his kingdom is different from the kingdoms of the world because he requires covenant faithfulness. You must keep this covenant. And basically, he's emphasizing here this marriage relationship. Say, look, this is an agreement. This is a covenant that you are supposed to keep. This isn't supposed to be something that you can just wad up and throw away like a piece of paper you were drawing something on or writing something and you messed up. Oh, let me throw that away and I'll start fresh, start over. It's not like that. Marriage is not a covenant that is just meant to be wadded up and thrown away, and, oh, well, that didn't work out. Let's start over. No. 
the king requires covenant faithfulness. Why is Jesus' kingdom different? He requires faithfulness to a covenant. Second of all, verse 13 through verse 15, the king's citizens are like little children. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray, but the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. The king's citizens are to be like little children. Very different from the kingdoms of the world today. Citizens are are often, I suppose, many different things. People search for power and for wealth and and often try to do whatever they can to step on other people, to get ahead of others, seeking power, seeking fame, seeking glory. Jesus said the citizens of his kingdom are to be like little children, innocent, kind, inquisitive, curious. Uh, Here, just merely seeking to see Jesus, to be blessed by him. They're not seeking power, they're not seeking money, they're not seeking glory. They just want to see Jesus and to be blessed by him. There's an innocence there. And Jesus' kingdom, he wants his citizens to be like little children. Why is his kingdom different? Well, because he requires covenant faithfulness, because his citizens are supposed to be like little children. Verse 16 through 30, we won't read the whole thing. But Jesus' kingdom is different because the king gives no special treatment to the rich. There's a rich young ruler that comes to Jesus, wants to know, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And he tells him, you know, you need to keep the commandments. And they go through that, and he says, look, I've done all this from my youth. And Jesus tells him, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be complete, go, go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. The young man goes away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus tells his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. In another account, Jesus talks about then for a man who, who basically loves his possessions. This kind of rich man, like the rich young ruler, the kind of rich person who is unwilling to give up what they have for God, Jesus says, it is easier for a camel to go through the little bitty eye of a needle than for that kind of rich person to go to heaven. Essentially saying, someone who is rich, who is unwilling to part with what they have, that they're not willing to give up even what they have if they had to to follow Jesus. That kind of person is not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. That Jesus then, now in the kingdoms of the world today, what do they do? Well, we see it all the time. Special treatment is given to the rich in the kingdoms of this world because they have so much money. 
what you and I, as just old ordinary folks, may do, and we would go to jail for a long time for, many times, rich people can do, people who've got lots of money can do, and maybe face no consequences at all. What is that? That's special treatment of the rich. In Jesus' kingdom, there is no special treatment given to those who are rich. They are called to, to give their all for Jesus, just the same as you and me are. Jesus' kingdom is different because he gives no special treatment to those who are rich. And then sort of building on that, in chapter 20, verse 1 through 16, Jesus' kingdom is different because the king offers the same reward to everyone. He talks about those that the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And he goes and he hires laborers, and he goes a few hours later, and there's still some more people wanting work, and he hires them as well. He goes again a few hours later, kind of in the middle of the day, still more people. All right, y'all come on and work. He goes as the day is nearly over, finds a few more men, a few more people willing to work, tells them to come on. So the workday ends, and they line up, ready to get their pay for that day. And the one who came later in the day, the last ones, they only worked an hour, they were given a full day's pay. And so the ones who came behind them, who had worked longer, thought, well, if they got a full day's pay, then, hey, I'll probably get more. But Jesus gives everyone the same payment. The, the, the landowner in this parable gives everyone the same amount. Days pay for all of them, regardless of whether they started first thing in the morning or whether they only worked an hour. And some complained. And the landowner said, friends, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for denarius? You all agreed to work for a day's pay. Take what's yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish to do with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. The king offers the same reward to everyone. There's no special treatment of the rich. There's really no special treatment of anyone in Jesus' kingdom. Anyone, he doesn't treat anyone special. He offers the same abundant rewards to all. Whether uh, often the example is used is whether someone's been a Christian perhaps their entire life, a faithful child of God, or maybe you know they obey the gospel maybe a few short days before they die. The same reward is offered to both. There's no special treatment to the rich in Jesus' kingdom, and he offers the same reward to everyone. Jesus' kingdom is also different because verse 17 through 19 the king has been raised from the dead. Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify, and the third day he will rise again. There have been many kingdoms that have fallen apart 
soon after the king's death. Think about the king, uh, the the empire of, of the Greeks, Alexander the Great, conquered practically the whole known world of his day. In fact, it's said that he wept because there were no more worlds to conquer. He died, and very quickly, his kingdom was divided up among others, and the power of his kingdom was broken up. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, died, and very soon after his death, Babylon fell. Very often in this world, when kings die, the kingdom falls apart soon after. Well, those in Jesus' kingdom don't have to worry about that because, yes, our king has died, but our king has been raised from the dead and is alive yet to this day. The king is alive and well. One reason why Jesus' kingdom is different. Our king has been raised from the dead. Verse 20 through verse 28 of chapter 20. Why is Jesus' kingdom different? Because our king is the example of service. The, The mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus and she asked something from him. And she asked that that her two sons would sit, one on his right hand and the other on his left, in his kingdom. And Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking for. And when the ten heard about it, they were the the other ten apostles. They were greatly displeased, the text says, with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. You know how the kingdoms of this world work. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. So often kings, rulers, have not come to serve, others, but they have come to be served themselves. Everyone waits hand and foot on them. And it seems that even Jesus' apostles kind of had that picture in their mind. Jesus said, look, that's the way the kingdoms of this world are, but in my kingdom is different. I, as king, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. You, as citizens of my kingdom, You as my followers, you also need to serve. Jesus' kingdom is different because the king is the example of service. And then finally, why is Jesus' kingdom different? Because the king is merciful and compassionate. As they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. The multitude, however, warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Jesus' kingdom is different from the kingdoms of this world 
because our king is merciful and compassionate. So many rulers in this world, as, as you well know, really they could care less oftentimes about the needs of their people. But our king is merciful and he is compassionate and he truly cares about those in his kingdom. He truly cares about people. Why is his kingdom different? Just to briefly recap. Because he requires covenant faithfulness. He requires people to keep their word, to do what they said they would do. The citizens in his kingdom, he requires them to be like little children. The king, he gives no special treatment to the rich. He offers the same reward to everyone. Jesus' kingdom is different because he has been raised from the dead, and he is the example of service, and he is merciful and compassionate. Truly, Jesus' kingdom, not just for these reasons given, there are many others, but certainly for these reasons, Jesus' kingdom is far different than any other kingdom this world has ever seen or will ever see. Not only is his kingdom different, by the way, but it is certainly so much better than any kingdom of this world. I appreciate you listening to this and hopefully studying along with us. I hope you'll check out some of the other great podcasts on the Scattered Abroad Network. I hope you are doing well. I hope you will continue to study the Word of God. I hope you'll join us next time. And until we study again together, may God bless you. And as always, stay curious. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.